What's up, everybody? This is Cole Bowling with the Bowling Group at Keller Williams Realty, One Legacy Partners here in Topeka, and you are listening to Topeka Business Uncensored. Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Cole Bowling with the Bowling Group at Keller Williams, One Legacy Partners, and this is Topeka Business Uncensored, where we interview local business owners about their business and uh, kind of just get their information out there to you, the listeners. Today, I am uh, a good buddy of mine is here. Uh, Guy Compton is the owner of Ozark Pest Control. And uh, what's up, dude? Hello. How's it going? Good, man. Good. Thank you. Good. We got him in the, in the office today. You know, this is <laughs> with COVID and everything else that we've all been facing, getting these face-to-face live appointments have been uh, almost non-existent for the last two years. One of the reasons that I kind of put off building up this podcast is because I did want more and more face-to-face interviews, um, but there is people that can and can't do that. So today I brought uh, I brought my buddy in here and we're going to talk about his business, showcase his amazing um, world that I don't think a lot of people really understand as much as we want to believe we do, um, the whole world of pest control. So first off, Welcome. Again. Thank you. Thanks for um, having me. Tell us a little bit about your business, what what it is, what you do, and we'll go from there. Well, um, our business is Ozark Integrated Pest Service. So we started in 1978. My dad started the company as a retirement supplement. Um, mm-hmm. He retired from Hallmark Cards early. Okay. So his plan was to you do pest control on the side and you know, obviously supplement retirement. So give him something to do when he was retired. But the business grew faster than what he expected. And he decided to do it full time. Okay. Um, which that was many, many years ago. So, I, I actually met his dad before I met him. Yeah. And yeah. we had we had a boat. My parents, I should say my parents had a boat and his his parents had a boat literally yeah. in the slips across each other. And that's right. how we really, yet you guys were in Oakland for many, many years. We I lived in Oakland for many, many years. So we all kind of knew each other, but didn't know each other until right. really then. Both so, bring pre- people together. <laughs> it is amazing how they yeah. do. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and we, like I said, we do pest control, obviously. Um, you know, just just like you would see on, I mean, not, I don't want to say see on TV, but just pretty much what you have in, in your mind, what pest control is, is what we do. We take care of the nasty things people don't want in their homes or businesses. And, uh, you know, there, there are some, some areas we don't venture into, uh, like we don't do lawns, things like that, but we try to keep it to structural, um, tr- structural pest control. Like when you say you don't do lawns, like you're not spraying for the bugs in the yard and like the, the mites and the ticks and all that outside, you'll do like around the perimeter of the house, but not right the yard itself we do we don't do the yard itself unless so we have licensing um, restrictions or requirements so for us well we, we could do lawns if we got the license to do lawns but we don't choose to do that um we are licensed to do mosquitoes and ticks okay um specifically so if it if it would if, if in order to control your issue in your yard we had to do the whole yard for ticks mosquitoes then we would it would fall uh, under what you can already do it would follow okay. yeah but we can't do like grubs because those fall under a a turf license which mm. you know obviously a lot of your 
lawn and um, landscape companies handle that stuff. So. Okay. Okay. I got you. So you, you would say like you're focused more on the actual structure of houses. Correct. Correct. We, anything that's going to come into a building or a house, that's what we control. And with that license, that particular license, um, we are only allowed to go out so many feet from the structure to control that problem. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, which that's really all it takes. I mean, if they're out in the yard and they try to get in the house, if we can cut them off before they get in, then we're doing our job. So that would be like mice, probably yeah. mice, yeah. traps. Yep, that includes rodents. Um, rodents is kind of a big spectrum, but uh, mice and rats is specific to what we do as well. Mm -hmm. um, we don't do wildlife control currently. Again, that's another licensing. So is that when you say wildlife control, like? snakes and like raccoons right. or like, is that what you're talking about yeah snakes okay. raccoons i mean squirrels you know get in the attic sometimes um we do do bats if we okay on occasion um like i said on occasion sometimes those require an extensive amount of equipment for us and that we don't have access to um so we'll evaluate it first and see if we can do it. If not, we have people we can refer to do that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I know from my personal experience, my wife and I just built a brand new construction. And when I was um, coding my garage floor, I had a little bit of um, that really heavy duty, I'll just say paint. It's a, it's a different kind of product, but it got on the, the sill of the garage door and it just ripped a tad bit and and then the mice started chewing it yeah. and chewing it and, chewing, and they made this little tunnel and i had like brand new home mice in my garage like crazy now i'm in the country it's in a field i call <laughs> yeah. you you come over and within two weeks um i probably saw the i mean i was getting them every day and within two weeks it was about every three days within about a month. I mean, it was maybe once a month and now very, very rare. I've, just, I've got the, I've got the, the seal fixed and everything. And, and so I do know personally from my own experience, not any of my real estate experience, right. but personal experience that it doesn't matter if you have an old 1920 house to a brand new construction, mice do try to get in there. They do. They do. They do. And you guys were great. I mean, they they came out set the traps, yeah. set them up, and and just my peace of mind around it was right. huge. And I got to crawl around in your attic. That was that was, that was nice. Thank that you. Was fun. You're Thank welcome. You. Yeah, You're welcome. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nice when the owner comes out because you got that you got that pull. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> sometimes I have to go out. Um, you know, my guys are good. All all my people, they're good. But sometimes, just like anything, you know. Um, a second set of eyes on the problem yeah sometimes can can be um, beneficial for sure yeah um and obviously i don't do that all the time but if if a friend of mine or somebody that is having an issue then i'll go out there and take care of it i mean that's that's what i do that's what we do so absolutely so in terms of real estate one of the conversations we have to have with almost every one of our transactions is termites right right so talk to us a little bit about what is a termite for one, right? How common are they for two? And where in a process of the home do you really recommend um, either treatment or preventative treatment or things like that? Sure. So 
basically, so termites are a wood-destroying insect. Um, the ones we have here in Kansas are what they call subterranean, which means they, they live in the ground. They live in the soil, um, and that's where their main colony is at. And when they, their life is basically just find, find cellulose or a wood product, um, find it, eat it, take it back to the colony. Um, and obviously your house is, is made of wood. And even, even steel structures have partitions a lot of times inside them, you know, for, for the room partitions that are made of wood. Okay. So to think that a steel structure is, is um, not going to get a termite issue, it can. Um, and now it may not cause structural problems, but obviously it's going to be a nuisance or it's going to chew on your sheetrock or whatever it may be. So do they, um, do they eat sheetrock? So they eat the paper on the sheetrock. The paper, okay. Right, so the backing, they will eat the backing on the sheetrock. new there. Yeah, so a lot of times, when you know, when you go into a home or a business that has a termite issue, you'll see um, some paint imperfections or some some areas that you can, something just isn't right. It looks like it's caved mm -hmm. in a little bit. That's from where the termites have eaten the paper um, off the sheetrock and the paint just kind of is, is sucking in at some point. So that I got to tell this story. So many years ago, I was selling a foreclosure home and I always say I should write a book about all the different hmm. things I've seen in this business. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was in a foreclosure home. House had been vacant for probably two years. I walked in this bedroom and I look across the room and it was paneling. It was the old yeah. 1950s, 60s, 70s paneling. And there's this one circle that it just looked weird. Right. And I'm like, what is that? And my clients are like, that's kind of a weird looking thing. And I walk over and I'm getting real close. And I can't tell what it is. And I go up and I tap it. Yeah. Right. Right. And it crumbled like sawdust. And they, and then all of a sudden termites, I mean, yeah. they were everywhere on the backside paneling. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, ah, you know, like immediately I'm like, let's get out of here. Cause right. you know, if it had gotten that far, I mean, what's the likeliness that the structure was probably in, in, in jeopardy of having some issues. Well, when it gets that far, then obviously that's, a, I mean, it's a good question. So um, for us, we can tell you if you have termites, we can tell you approximately, you know, how bad the problem is. Structurally, we try not to get in that conversation because yeah. we don't we're want engineers. Yeah, we're not engineers. We don't want people to, you know, say, hey, the, the pest control guy said it's a minor problem when the, the entire wall is having issues. So we have opinions towards it though, you know, so like in that case, I would say that there's probably a significant amount of damage to the, to the wall studs behind that. Mm -hmm. But termites act in such a weird way. Sometimes they will go in and eat, we'll say they'll consume something like that, a big area of a, of a sheetrock, the paper on the sheetrock or the paneling, and not even hardly touch the stud behind the wall. Um, really? Sometimes it's just, it can be based, of, it's not, not all wood is good wood to termites. Okay. Right. So it, it's like steak for hamburger for us. You know, they go for the good stuff first. Okay. And then they will start, you know, the heart of the wood, like some of your houses that were built in the 1800s or night early 1900s, some of the, the floor joists and the wood in those things is extremely hard wood. Is that like yellow pine? Um, I don't know what they built back then. What a lot they of used. Was a yellow pine, which right. you don't use today because you can't really drive a nail into it. Right, right. Yeah. So that would, yeah. Then the harder the wood, the less 
susceptible it is to a termite issue. Okay. Um, they will still eat it though. We've even had termites. Um, I've seen multiple occasions where termites are found in railroad ties. So even with all the creosote in the river ties, once the river ties get to a certain age, um, that creosote kind of goes away. What is and the creosote? That's a it's a treatment they use. It's a treatment they use on the uh, river ties to to um, it's almost like a tar. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, so sure. but they've been in river ties. We found them in river ties. People think that putting out cedar mulch or putting that they won't get into cedar and they absolutely will get into cedar at some point. Um, just because over time it deteriorates, it, it loses its repellent factor mm -hmm. and termites will get into it. So is this a myth or, because I've heard this before, is that you really, when you put mulch out, mm -hmm. you are attracting at a higher rate termites towards your house. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely can be true. Um, when you put mulch out, basically what you're doing is you're putting it, you're putting a food source on the ground for the termites. Um, you know, obviously wood to soil in, in my industry, anything that has wood to soil contact mm -hmm. is conducive to a termite problem. So you go throw a bunch of mulch out on the ground. That's like going out and throwing down popcorn for the birds or something, you know, okay. um, eventually they're going to get into it just a matter of time. Sure. Um, also, it creates mulch can create other issues with um, ants. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people when they when they do mulch beds, they will over time mm -hmm. they will keep piling it and piling it and piling it. And what that does is creates a a good weed barrier, quite honestly. But it also creates a crust to where all the insects can live up underneath that their own little ecosystem. Yeah, and. They enjoy it. Ants is a big thing for us. Ants. Yeah. I was going to ask you about ants. Yeah. Um, you you find that probably on your regular pests, like probably one of your highest calls is probably ants, right? Mice, ants. Yeah. So outside of the real estate transaction, we're right. talking about termites, but right. This time of year specifically, it's ants and termites. Um, the moisture for both of them, they both need moisture, they both thrive on moisture. Okay. And um you know, obviously the warmer weather coming out, they're getting out doing their thing. So mm -hmm. um, this time of year is, is a big deal. Now there's there's a lot of people mistake ants for termites. Um, oh, there, sure. There's a um, some misinformation out there or misconception that um, anytime somebody sees something that looks like an ant with wings, they think it's a termite automatically. Ants do have wings, um, both insects, if you see them with wings, those are the reproductive um, members of that society. Learn so, something else new. I yeah, like that. Yeah. Because I've probably been one of those people who are like, I think that might be a termite because I see them, you know, flying around or not even flying around, but just have the wings on. Yeah. Do they fly to the ants fly or they just have the wings? Is it like a protection well. thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. as well. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about like service plans or even like, like I know, like with my wife and I, we have you guys come out. I think it's quarterly, but you guys offer different service plans. Sure. What does something like that look like? So we have for residential customers, typ typical residential customers, um, and I say typical meaning, you know, if you just have general pest problems like ants or crickets and spiders, things like that, um, we do bi-monthly, which is every other month, or we do quarterly, which is every three months. Okay. 
Um, our plans have different pricing structures with them, um, but both of the, all of our plans come with a, you know, a free, what we call a free recall or a free callback. So if you, if I came out to your house today and mm -hmm. we weren't scheduled to come back out again for another three months, if you encounter an ant issue or, like or a mouse or issue, or right, okay. at any time, just call us and we'll come back out at no charge and take care of that problem. Oh, okay. Um, the only thing we don't typically come back out for that we can't really control with what we do is flying insects. So like if you have a couple flies in your house, oh, sure. we typically are not going to come back out because most of our treatment methods are down low. Um, we, we treat entry points, but like obviously a fly can fly in a door and there's nothing, right, we, right. nothing we can do about it. You get a bug assault. Yeah, exactly. That's the best Those are amazing. Oh my gosh, I love my bug assault. My <laughs> yeah. kids think it's the coolest thing. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's just like you put salt in this little, it's a gun and you cock it and put the salt in there and yep. you, you literally shoot them. And I mean, I have, I have <laughs> taken out more. I mean, nothing makes you yeah. feel more manly than being able to take out a fly with a gun, right? Absolutely. Uh, put me out of business. <laughs> put me out of business. Um, there, I want to bring up the new construction stuff. So yeah. when we built our house, we had Ozark come out and pre-treat for termites. Correct. Talk about what you did on my house and what that looks like in a new construction process. Well, so new construction, obviously the concrete goes in first. So they do the walls and then they they do all the flat work they prepare all the flat work so if you, if you have a basement they're going to do they're going to come in put all the plumbing stuff in put the sand back in there or gravel whatever they use um there's really two different types of pre-treats um it used to be we'd come out and we would put out three four hundred gallons of chemicals so we would treat around the foundation walls both sides we would treat the flat work and then when you do all the backfill we come in and treat the backfill um, now what we've started doing is kind of a, uh, I, I think we're probably the only ones that do it around here, but we do a wood treatment. So we'll go in and we'll treat the lumber portions, specific portions, not all lumber, but areas that come in contact with the concrete, you know, at ground level. It was like about two feet up maybe. Yeah, we do two feet up. There's yeah. a, there's a, an actual method to it. So two feet up, depending on where you're at, you, if you have a basement, we do, um, the floor joists, and we do um, so many feet out from the foundation on the floor joists. Basically, what that is, it's the chemical we use is called boric air, and it's a it's a it's a boric acid type chemical that we apply to the wood. It, the wood absorbs it, mm -hmm. and then the ter the termites, if they come into the house, they will try to feed on that wood, and it'll kill the termite. Um, there's an argument that the termites you don't want the termites to get that far right to get sure, into the house sure. and just start chewing on the wood right um and then it only kills i mean really you don't want termites feeding on the wood period sure so what we've done is we've kind of done a hybrid started doing a hybrid treatment to where we also um we do that treatment but also any conducive what we call conducive areas we will treat with a chemical called termidor um which is the it's the, the silver bullet for termite companies right now. It has been for quite some time. Um, okay. So, for example, termites typically like to come in, um, and you've probably seen this in your industry around front stoops. Mm -hmm. um, typically, a, a front step or stoop is or pat or a porch 
this hollow underneath and they yeah. fill it with sand and dirt and stuff like that. So trash and stuff and trash, it's lumber, whatever. <laughs> right. Um, we, we focus on, we treat those areas as well with the termidor because we know those are conducive areas to future problems. Mm -hmm. And so in the rest of the house will be good. So typically if you have, you know, a decent amount of clearance between the ground and your siding, um, you're probably, you're always going to see an issue there pop up. So, I mean, you will see, visually see the issue if it pops up. Sure, sure. So that's kind of that. We did that for a couple of reasons. Number one is um, to be a little bit more environmentally friendly. Okay. And not yeah. pump 500 gallons of chemical in the ground. Um, and the other reason too, quite honestly, is a lot of times we would get out to a customer's house and you know the customer would call us and say, "Hey, they're going to pour concrete in three days," and we would get out there and they had already done the concrete. So it's really hard to apply a chemical underneath the concrete, right? When it's already there, unless you drill the concrete, and nobody wants to do that on a new construction. Yeah, you don't want to see that, right? Yeah. So at this point, we get in there when when everything's the concrete's in. Yeah. Except for those key areas, and. The siding is up, the roof yep. is structured in, and then we can come in and treat where we need to treat. Yeah, they, you guys came in right before they sprayed the foam insulation. In yes, walls. yes. And um, we were fighting weather because it was winter right. when we were doing it. And uh, it took a while for it to dry, but every single contractor that came in that knew what we did was like so smart because it's, uh, it's a peace of mind thing for me Right. To know that I don't have this, this worry about, oh, I'm going to have somebody come out and treat. Because like it's yeah. more than likely not going to ever cause my house problems. It's a great feature. Um, we're trying to do it. I know my dad's trying to do it on almost all his new constructions right. as part of it. Uh, and, and I recommend that anybody that has is going to be building to, to call Ozark, have them come out and pre-treat that wood. Then it's just one less thing you have to worry about. Uh, from that aspect. Yeah, um, we offer um, extended warranties. You know, we, we charge like $150 a year to warranty that that treatment. Mm -hmm. That's not a structural warranty. You know, we're not warranting any um, structural damage or anything like that. But basically what a warranty covers is if you ever encounter a termite issue, and we'll come out every year and inspect it. But if you ever encounter a termite issue at some point while that warranty is in effect, then we'll retreat that specific area at no additional charge to the customer. Because um, <clears throat> treatments get, I mean, with every, with all the other inflation in the world, yeah. I mean, treat, yeah. treating for termites is not a, not an inexpensive thing to do now. No, a, a typical after construction is built treatment is probably, it ranges anywhere from $1,200 to $2,000. Yeah. I and mean, that's five years ago, we were 700, 800, 900. Right. right. And yeah. now we're, we're getting up there. Yeah, the chemical costs, obviously, most of our chemicals are petroleum-based. Mm. So fuel goes <laughs> up, we go up. So. Join that club, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not, and it's not just the cost of the for us to treat, but it's how much damage has been done in the meantime. Right. And how much is that going to cost you? That's probably going to cost you a lot more than us. Yeah. Um, in a pre-treat, depending on your square footage and the structure, you know, a pre-treat before you build the home, typically is anywhere between, you know, $800 and $1,200 still, mm -hmm. somewhere in there, depending on size. But in the grand scheme of things, if you're building a $400,000 house, is that yeah. really 
I think our house is like twelve hundred bucks to yeah. do it, and I didn't even think twice. Yeah, yeah, you know. And one of the objections that we get in the real estate is, why do I need to pay this hundred and ten dollars to have this or whatever it is yeah. now? You yeah. know, to to do a, a termite inspection when I'm purchasing a home. Well, here's what here's my point of view from it is. Um, a hundred dollars now is a heck of a lot less than a thousand or two thousand later, because you typically in the in our area it is not part of the negotiation of repairs. It is if you have it, it's completely separate. You have to treat for it. The seller. Um, now everything's negotiable. Let me make sure I get that disclaimer yeah. in there. However, we used to be where all the all the mortgage lenders out there were requiring it. Uh, FHA requires it. VA requires it. Um, but if you get a conventional loan, it's not required. Right. That is not how it used really used to be. We used to always have it on all transactions. Um, and now in the world we live in, where people are trying to get bills in different ways and be strategic, this is one of the areas they've stopped stopped doing as many in. And I I am a I am so against that because the termite is the structural ghost of yes. dis destruction in a sense yes uh, i don't know a better way of saying it like it is the one thing that you probably don't even know you have um you can be in a nice brand new home and have it they know what they're looking for and for right. 110 20 110 dollars um they'll come out they'll look at it they'll let you know right away everywhere they they have this whole numerical location thing and map and stuff they do right. and then you get the the peace of mind of knowing that you know now they don't take the wall down right they're not no, no. They, they, they don't come in here cut out the sheetrock and look behind they're not running cameras in the walls or anything it's all right. visual right but typically if termites are there you're going to see you're going to see tracks you're going to see tunnels right what is what else would so they they typically leave like you talked about the paneling mm -hmm. um when we do an inspection we do obviously inside and out Crawl spaces if they're accessible. Yep, we do those. Um, you know, attics. We do all floors. So if you have a three-story home, even though the subterranean termites come from the ground, we still look at the top level because sometimes termites. There's been cases where they don't show themselves down low, and they show themselves on the second story. So, hmm. um, it, like again, they're 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 mystic. I mean, they just they have different patterns all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, you bring up a good point on the inspections. Um, in Kansas, the typical rule of thumb is there's between, this has changed recently, but last I looked, knew it was six to 10 termite colonies per one acre of ground in, in Kansas. Okay. What do you mean by that? So if you have an acre property, okay, you can count on anywhere from six to 10 termite colonies being in that one acre. So How big, like what's a colony? A colony, well, it can vary. So um, thousands to millions of termites in one okay. colony. Okay, okay, now we're talking numbers, okay. Right, and what they do is they constantly, so picture a square one acre piece of property, and we'll just say six termite colonies are in that one acre. What they do is they, their sole purpose is to forage for food. And so you have all these little fingers coming off each colony, looking for food constantly. So you plop a house down in the middle of that, then eventually, you know, as, as they're looking, they're going to, they're going to find that property or that house that's sure. at some point. Okay. Um, so 
people ask us this in it, you know, I'm, I'm a little naive to it, but they ask me, you know, is there really termites in Kansas? And I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> they're everywhere in Kansas. Yeah. If you put a stake, a wooden stake in the ground anywhere in Kansas, eventually you're going to get a termite issue in it. It's going to happen. Okay. So I've, I've heard that because people ask me all the time, like, what's the odds my house has it. Right. And, and, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, this is what I always say. Right. I'm probably going to have to change my words now. I say this. <laughs> I always say, you got about a 50 50 chance. Like, yeah. you, you could, you, you got this house that may, and that one doesn't, and that one may, and that one doesn't. So I just tell people, I said, being that, that high of a chance of having yeah. the termites, you better find out for sure, because Kansas has termites. Yes. I mean, it's, you said earlier, new construction, we've actually done an inspection on a house. It's been quite a few years ago, but the house was less than five months old and termites were already in it. They were starting to get into it. Um, you know, some areas are more conducive, what we call conducive because of different soil types, mm -hmm. um, things like that. So you have like areas, a high moisture, like something right. that has a lot of more or less clay. Does clay have anything so to do with it? Clay is any soil that is, is easier for them to move in. So clay is harder packed surface. Um, rocky areas, you know, I would say like the Flint Hills, for example. Sure. The Flint Hills are going to have some termite issues still, but it may not be as bad as maybe your like your your river bottom areas, like mm -hmm. or river bottom areas like so North Topeka, for example. North Topeka, you know, used to be river silt. Yeah. That's really easy for the termites to move in. Um, Oakland, for instance. Oakland has a sandy are, substance. You know? Yeah. 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 So there are areas that are more conducive than others, but I think every house I've ever sold in Oakland had termites. Yeah. Every at some point in time. Of them. Correct. Even our, even our old house, when we sold it, my dad had rebuilt it every inch of it. Yeah. Didn't even know it. And it had termites. Yeah. And that was really my first um, experience with them because he had added this structure on as an addition and they had gotten in there. The structure was maybe two, three years old and they had already it had already messed with the integrity of the structure. Right. So you had to go in there and, and get underneath the crawl space and pull up floor joists. Yep. And what's amazing to me is how quickly they do, can do damage. That's they why can. it is important to, to keep keep up on it through yes. inspections and things like that. De depending on the size of the colony, kind of a, a rule of thumb is a termite colony can consume one board foot per year. So if you look at a two by four, you know, you're mm -hmm. looking at yeah you know so um so if it's it, been two or three years i mean the whole board could be gone it could be and, yeah. it, and it depends like i said it depends on the size of the colony it depends on um environment sure you know the weather obviously plays some sure some they one thing that people think is that termites because you know it gets cold in kansas that they don't work in the winter they do they just they're, they're a little bit slower now they, they slow down some Okay. Um, we sometimes in different circumstances, we'll use bait stations for our termite treatments. I've seen those. They're like little hubs. Yeah. Everybody's like, what are these little, little yeah. soft saucer things out in the yard? So right? those have, um, pieces of wood in them and a, a cartridge in the top that has pure cellulose mm. as well. And we've, we have found termites active in those in, you know, late December, early January even parts of February. How, so, how long are those typically good for when you put those in the ground? We have to maintain those um, every quarter. 
some companies maintain them annually. What do you mean by maintain? It depends so, on new, new piece of wood. Yep. New, okay. We come in every three months. We come in and we we check them to see if there's termite activity in them. Okay. Um, there's different things that can happen to the ingredients in there, like the wood and the cellulose. So there's certain types of molds mm -hmm. that can repel termites. So if we find that mold in those stations, we will uh, remove the contents and then we'll move the station to a different spot. So okay. there's a certain amount of maintenance that has to go with those. Do the ter this is another one of those things I've heard is that it actually deters termites from going towards the structure or even sometimes pulls them from the structure because of some of the, what is it, cellulose, uh, cellulose, cellulose yeah. in it, or maybe I'm wrong, but like when you see those base stations, they really do help keep the termites to stay away from the house. So what do they, do they ever come out of the structure if they're in the structure to go to those? They will not. They will not. Okay. No. So once a food, what's it, once a termite finds a food source, it just, they're locked on and that's what, yeah, they're uh, not going to leave um, this place over here to find this place. However, what those stations are designed to do is, like I said earlier, termites are constantly foraging for food. Mm -hmm. And so basically what you're doing is you're putting multiple food sources in, in the ground for the sure. termites to find. Sure. Okay. Um, makes sense. Once they find it, we put an actual um, chemical compound in that's mixed with the cellulose into the, the, the station. Termites feed on that. They haul it back to their colony and they distribute it throughout the colony. And it kills off the entire termite colony. So really, you know, different companies have different opinions of these things. My opinion on the bait stations is they're more of a supplemental treatment. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have 10 termite colonies in a in a one acre, mm -hmm. and we put these stations out and we can eliminate 75% of those colonies, then there's going to be less termite pressure on your home. Sure. Um, will they some people, some companies use them, say they will totally eliminate termite issues in a house. Um, that may or may not be true, but I don't trust that theory. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense what you're saying. We use a conjunction of chemical treatment and the base stations as well. Another question has popped in my head. Any difference for a termite with treated lumber to untreated lumber? Is that when that hard it helps harden it or? So, so treated two by four, so you buy it you know, one of your local stores, um, that treatment, that the, the treated lumber is good for a certain period of time. But again, just like anything else over time, that, that chemical just substance, like right? It breaks yep. down over time Makes and sense. eventually they will get into that tr treated lumber. So we hear that a lot. People say, well, I, I built this place with treated lumber. I'm good. No, no, no that's not, not going to happen. No. Might be for a little while. But, yeah, for a few months probably, but oh, that that quick, it can, yeah. it can build if it's, that quick. If it's exposed lumber, say like a deck or something like that, mm -hmm. it could be as short as a few months. Oh wow! Get into it. Yeah, wow. Okay, so I'm gonna switch gears real quick, sure. and then we'll wrap up here. Um, ticks. Yes. So as I've already seen personally, ticks are bad already this year, right? Um, in Kansas, I have heard. A couple of different times that the ticks in Kansas, and you may not know this, that's fine if you don't, but the ticks in Kansas don't carry Lyme disease or they don't carry the the, the, the dangerous version of it. Or um, do you know anything about that? Um, I don't know 100% sure, but I do know from experience or people that I know 
they have gotten Lyme disease from ticks here in Kansas. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the type of Lyme disease. And I didn't really know that there was two different types of Lyme disease, but mm -hmm. um, they have gotten the type of Lyme disease where it's caused issues, health issues. Okay. So, you know, there, there's, there's other species of ticks. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your deer ticks, you have your, um, your seed ticks, the really sure. small ones. Um, different types of ticks can carry different types of illnesses with them. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that in Kansas, you're just as susceptible to getting a tick-borne disease as anybody else. Yeah, okay. it might be more prevalent in other areas. Mm -hmm. You know, say like Colorado with the deer tick. Um, but there's, I'm going to tell you that Kansas probably has multiple or you have a high chance of getting an issue or having an issue with them. Okay. Yeah. So say, so say we have ticks, what is the best treatment to like, like what is the best way to either dispose of or get, get it off your skin or like, what, what have you heard or what are you seeing that? You know, I know that the getting the head out is most important. Yeah. Um, and I don't know of any specific tricks that, that would help you with that. Yeah. Um, you know, there are certain, I would research it for sure because there are some types of um, removal methods that people use that actually causes more harm than good mm. to where the, the tick will actually try to burrow itself further in. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard that. You know, I've heard uh, nail polish, you know, different stuff like that to get them out. I mm -hmm. don't know. I don't know for sure on a yeah, good way curious. to get them out. I know we mentioned ticks earlier and came into my head. It's like, yeah. okay, I know that ticks are. I mean, they're heavy this year already. Already, I was two like, weeks ago, I had a couple on me from out in yeah. my in-laws' place. But the and we haven't gotten to the heat yet. No. So <laughs> if, if obviously if you hunt, you're going to run into those issues. Yeah. Use your your um, off and you know different types of bug repellent stuff um, for homes or businesses. You know the key is to keep you know shrubbery, keep grass cut low. Okay. Okay. Tall grass sure is a problem. Um, keep you know, overgrown vegetation away from the house um, sure. as far as possible. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what we do is we come in, um, say you have a, a property that has a lot of vegetation out, outlying your property line. Yeah. Um, we come in with it. We have a backpack fogger, Mr. Machine that we can mix up, um, you know, a chemical substance in there and treat the outlying areas. Okay. which will help on mosquitoes and ticks as well okay so um mosquitoes again same thing they obviously carry they can carry some diseases um keeping water areas that hold water dry is is a key in that don't forget about downspouts guttering sure. clean your gutters out make sure it's all dry okay um low-lying areas in your yard fill them with dirt um tires that hold water you know this time of year anything that holds water yeah. Bird bass, clean them out constantly. Okay. Mosquito larvae will breed will breed in bird bass as well. Mm. That makes sense. So dump those on a regular occasion. Dogs, water bowls. Dogs, water bowls. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that being bad. Yeah. Um, okay, one more question. Yep. Um, and I know that uh we could talk forever. I mean, sure. You and I could talk forever. Yeah. Um they may not want to hear what we got to talk well, about. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's true. Um no, not Joe Blanco. I was gonna say, <laughs> with with um, oh, I know what's that. Okay, so home treatments, like 
people talk about, oh, I'll just go to Lowe's and get ortho right. or something, whatever. I don't know what they're called. Anyways, you got those home defense treatments. Sure. What is the benefit to using you guys compared to just going and getting something like that? The main benefit is just knowing where to apply this, the chemical. So the stuff that's over your counter, your typical over the counter is, um, it's not safe. They may call it safe, but it's not safe. There is no chemical that is safe. Um, although most of the things that we use is probably more, it's, it's safer than like, like your typical under the counter products, like your, you know, your cleaners for your kitchen and bathroom. Yeah. That stuff is pretty harmful. Yeah. It can be harmful. Um, but the knowledge, you know, we train our guys. We, we're in this industry every day. We know where to properly apply the chemical mm -hmm. opposed to just spraying up a bunch of stuff all over the place. Um, yeah. A lot of the times when you hear about a chemical being banned or outlawed or taken off the market, whatever it may be, 99% of the time, that's because a homeowner misused it and made somebody sick. Um, you know, multiple times. It doesn't sure, just once, sure. but so basically what the government does is they, they blame the, the um, product itself, but it's not the product, it's the way it was used. Maybe like Roundup? Basically like Roundup, yeah, um, absolutely. People not using proper PPE. Um, we use, you know, gloves, glasses, long sleeve shirts, yeah, um, boots, and you'll see, I mean, you all see it this time of year, you'll see somebody out in their yard spraying with flip-flops and shorts on. That's those types of um, practices or what get chemicals a bad name basically okay is the misuse of them and not doing the proper treatment methods what about potency like from your product that your guys are using right. as a licensed person who has to have license right. some of these chemicals compared to a home defense so the other thing with your over-the-counter products is every every joe blow uses them and they are overused and a lot of your insects and not a lot of your insects but some of your insects like bed bugs and cockroaches they have the ability to build up an immune system to that chemical or that product so the more you use the more it's being used the more they have a resistance oh, to it interesting so for example um pyrethrins a pyrethrin is a plant derived chemical and that's why it's considered safe okay um, which is a majority of what's in your over-the-counter stuff sure um, a pyrethroid is a man-made version of that. Okay. Okay. So both of them are safe. You don't want to drink them, obviously. Sure. But they're deemed safe by, you know, the, uh, by, by the government. So the problem with that is, like I said, is people misuse it. They overuse it and it builds up, certain insects build up resistance to it. Mm -hmm. um, we have accessibility to all kinds of different stuff right so we go in and we we don't use really we don't use a whole lot of anything that you can buy over the counter because for example bed bugs they're saying are 99.9 percent .9 resistant to the over-the-counter stuff oh, okay gotcha because the customer went out bought it sprayed it multiple times over and over again sure and now sure. they they won't die from it so um we have multiple different avenues to take but it, our job is not just about applying chemicals either we also try to work on exclusion issues so mm -hmm. if you have holes or 
entry points that we see that can be sealed up in your house or business, we will put the point those out or we will seal some of them up ourselves. Sure. Um, so pest control really is inspection, proper inspection, mm -hmm. excluding, so exclusion, excluding those insects or, you know, rodents out first. Sure. And then really the chemical side of things is the, the, the last resort type for us. If we can come into your house and completely get rid of all issues and not use any chemical, we're still doing our job. You know, we're using sure. our, we're using our tools to be able yeah. to do that. So, whoa, I learned a lot. Yeah. I appreciate your knowledge, you. man. This is, this is what this is all about. You know, I want you guys to see the professionalism that we can showcase with some of the amazing talented people like Guy in our city of Topeka. You know, we, we both have been here a very long time and yeah. we love the city and we want, we want, uh, support local and, uh, and thanks for being here today. Thanks I really appreciate me. you coming in having and having this conversation. This is going to help a lot of people. This is going to help a lot of realtors. This is going to help a lot of consumers. And here is um, one of those one of those shows that uh, I I am going to leave this show going. Damn it! I should ask that question. Oh man, what about that question? Now I'm really going to be curious and probably be googling all kinds of stuff tonight. Yeah, be careful um, with Google. <laughs> like what, There's what, bad information what, out there. As what well. is the bed bug stuff and what is the termite yes. stuff and yeah. like I mean because that's that's really what uh, I meant when I was like, and we could talk forever because there is so many aspects there of this business. From my point of view, don't try to handle your pest control yourself. Um, you know, obviously, I'd love for you to work with Ozark. Either way, get a professional Absolutely. to come and take care of your property. It's not Ozark. Find a professional who is who is knowledgeable like this, who does to educate themselves, who stays up on their on their licensings and and continues to educate their employees because it is critical for your family, your home, and your biggest investment that when we do get pests, because we we share this universe with, with a lot of other creatures and yeah. insects and and not all bad, but when sometimes they get into your stuff, I mean, we never even got into roaches, right? right, and, right. And, and there is a whole nother world out there that when you pre do preventative stuff and you take care of it, that you can live in peace, you can sleep in peace, you can, you can actually increase values of your home by keeping your home treated or pre-treated as you're building it. Right. So um, Guy, thanks again for being here. All of his contact information, ways to contact him are going to be in all of the descriptions of yeah. whatever you're listening this to or YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Um, I will link all of his contact information, Facebook and um, phone numbers to get in contact with Guy and we will uh, help hopefully help you in your home and, and family and even businesses that are listening to this, they'll come in and, and work with you as well. So Absolutely. thanks buddy. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate you for it. being here. So until uh, next time you guys, this is Cole Bowling with the Bowling Group and this is Topeka Business Uncensored. Thank you. You've been listening to Topeka Business Uncensored where we interview business owners in the Topeka, Kansas area about their business and a little bit about them as a person. I'm Cole Bowling, and I am one of the co-owners with my wife, Jamie, of the Bowling Group Real Estate Team with Keller Williams, One Legacy Partners in Topeka. If you are thinking about selling, buying, or investing in real estate, I'd love to connect with you through our website at thebowlinggroup.com.